Good afternoon. Welcome to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Another day where we maybe had hoped for some higher numbers, or at least a little bit of green on the screen, and that did not happen. A lot of negativity in the trade, but kind of an interesting, as we're going to talk about what's happening in the energy markets and, and what's happening economic front. We know yesterday Arlen and I talked about what was happening with the Fed's announcement that that had just come out while we were talking. We're going to dive into a lot of outside market influences. I always love talking about this when we have the opportunity to look at these trade as of course joining us is going to be Brian Split. Brian of course with agmarket.net and I always love Brian's different perspective on this market trade. So you made a comment to me Brian when we started uh, talking before the program it just kind of had a risk off across this entire board as you look at the way the market's traded today. Yeah it really did um, you know and I, I, again I don't know if that uh, is stemming from the Fed meeting yesterday um, and their decision on interest rates, or if this is uh, more to do with end of the quarter, uh, or a combination thereof. But uh, as we speak right now, the S&P futures are currently trading below the August lows. And, um, you know, depending on how we sit here late in the day, I think if, if we have a hard time recovering uh, between now and maybe within a, a half hour of the session ending, well, we might see things accelerate lower there. Uh, the Dow is about 100 points away from those August lows. Um, and then when you look at the NASDAQ, uh, we are still, I don't know, about 130 points away. Uh, but the S&P seems to be leading the way lower. And very earlier in the session, crude oil was kind of bucking the trend. Um, there were reports that Russia was going to impose an export ban on gasoline and diesel fuel, so heating oil was up substantially. Uh, it's, it's still a little bit higher, but it's about 10 cents a gallon off the highs, and crude oil is actually now lower on the day. Um, one of the features on crude oil has been continued just day after day bull spreading, and what I mean by that is the nearby contracts would be up more than the deferreds. Uh, on some days, you'd see the nearby contracts higher with the deferred contracts into next year trading lower on the day. Um, and, and that's what it was like earlier today. Now the nearby contracts have just gone lower on the session. The deferred contracts in 2024 are slightly higher. Um, and so, you know, I had a client ask today, well, you know, shouldn't we be bullish corn and beans with $90 crude oil? And, and I, I guess my thought is, you know, what happens if the world economy cannot sustain $90 crude oil and we go back to 7580 what do we think that would do to the sentiment on grains as that market sells off so it's more concerning to me that we've seen crude oil go from $65 a barrel up to $90 a barrel and the corn market has been making new lows uh, you know as recently as this week so what are we going to see um, from the Fed perspective? I mean, yesterday, you know, they took that, as you called it, the pause, um, and a lot of uncertainty of when we would see that next rake hike. Uh, what are you looking at that from a, from a market grain and livestock perspective, and how does that influence what we're seeing into this fall? Well, I think uh, if you kind of look back historically on these uh, time frames when the Fed is raising rates aggressively as they have, um, that pause is actually the thing that turns the markets lower, and, and not necessarily corn and beans, but the stock market, the energy market. Um, and so when the Fed pauses, um, it, it, it maybe suggests that uh, things aren't uh, as rosy, uh, and then we go into more of a risk-off mode. Um, and so, you know, sometimes the stock market can be like good news is bad and bad news is good, right? 
Um, and so the Fed continuing to feel comfortable raising interest rates, I think, made uh, investors feel comfortable that, uh, that the economy was doing okay and they were going to continue to buy stocks. Now that we're pausing, um, that is going to be a bit of a concern. So uh, I think if you come into an event here, um, you know, we're coming up to the end of the quarter. So uh, part of this also looks like we're seeing uh, in soybeans, for example, the fund manager is long beans, they're long meal, um, they are long uh, bean oil. Um, are we going to see them reduce those long positions, which it, it appears that they've been doing? Um, we closed down another 26 cents today, right near the lows of the session on soybeans. And this is at a period of time when over the last several weeks, there's been a lot of bullish chatter about the, you know, the deterioration of the crop. Um, the, uh, you know, the weather that we had in, in August not being good, good for, uh, filling out the beans. And so, um, we're kind of bucking what this general sentiment of, of the market has been talking about. Um, so I, I'm thinking on corn right now when you've got a, a carryout that looks to be able to sustain a, a two billion bushel plus type of a carryout estimate, uh, even with further yield reductions, if that comes to fruition, the demand profile right now, our, our pace analysis for exports um, uh, would be the predominant concern. Uh, but there's there's an awful lot of demand year over year that the corn balance sheet has. I think it's about 695 million bushels of, of total demand um, that the USDA is using versus last year. Uh, that can continue to be used to offset any future declines in yield. Uh, then the problem becomes what if the yield stabilizes and uh, that demand hasn't shown up yet, then we're going to start to see the balance sheet grow even further. Um, I think, you know, right now the pace analysis for soybeans suggests that the exports are still maybe roughly 100 million bushels too high. So you could take a, a bushel off of the bean crop from the last previous USDA estimate, and, uh, you know, that demand will continue to be used to offset that as time goes by. Could we see a so rise? Right now, oh, go ahead. Oh, so so right now, I, I think you're you're going to be looking at, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a continued bear market here in the short term as we go into fall, um, and and with the situation at the in the Mississippi River has not been solved yet. We do have some rain in the forecast that hopefully can uh, raise those water levels, but um, that has been something that's really affected basis for especially for producers that uh, that deliver along the river system. All right, well, stick around, folks. When we come back, I'll ask my question about the about the dollar. My apologies, Brian, for interrupting you. We do have a lot more coming up. Stick around. The second half of the Channel Final Bell is coming up after this. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Challenge. It's not something you shy from. It's a chance to up your game. Every day brings a new challenge. But with the Enhanced Channel Seed brand on your side, you can rise to it. With our top-performing seed, innovative digital tools, and expanded agronomic support, you can turn tomorrow's challenges into your next advantage. Your Enhanced Channel Seed brand. Let's rise to the challenge. Learn more at channel.com slash rise. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. KRVN. Welcome back to the channel final bell here on the Borough Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continue our conversation this afternoon with Brian Split. Of course, Brian is with agmarket.net. Kind of talking the whole economics of everything that was happening on the front half of today's show. So I wondered about um, the U.S. dollar index. Are we going to continue um, to see a rise in that? And is that going to add some pressure when it comes to our export opportunities in both corn and beans? You know, Susan, this dollar has uh, continued to surprise to the upside, just the, the sheer strength that we've had. 
uh, especially when you think about where we were uh, not very long ago. Um, this is what maybe two months ago the dollar was trading below 100, and here we are up at 105 right now. Uh, that's a pretty substantial move, and um, that is the dollar plus the extra cost for freight just continues to make U.S. product more expensive for foreign buyers. Uh, I don't know if the dollar continues to go up. We are uh, running into some resistance here in the short term. Um, you know, earlier this year, this market uh, ran across some resistance in the upper 105. So uh, you got into late 2022, it was 105.86. In early 2023, it was 105.87. Um, so that's going to be a really key area to watch for. If we push through 106, then we could see a substantial move uh, higher in the dollar, which again is going to create a, a additional uh, bearish case. Now, uh, maybe the the hope that uh, we have for the export front um, is that the dollar gets a little bit cheaper. We don't get through 106, and in which case maybe we go back down and revisit kind of the low end of this trading range that we've been in for the majority of the year, which might take us back down near 100. Uh, that would help things out on the export front, uh, but. I think there's bigger things uh, going on in the world uh, that um, are, are above my pay grade as far as what this dollar may do. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about, uh, you know, bricks and moving away from the dollar. But uh, as that has happened, this dollar just has gotten stronger. So it's been really counterintuitive to what a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the talking heads on the currency side have been saying. So switch gears over to the livestock side. Negativity. Um, we had a great week last week on the cattle, and it's been kind of a roller coaster uh, for this week. You were telling me kind of feeder cattle market had some important technical levels that were being looked at. We do, and I'm looking at this October feeder cattle contract. Um, there's a confluence of what I would consider to be two major levels of support that uh, are just below uh, number one, we had some previous contract highs back in July and in early August, and those were those highs that were made around the 256 area. Uh, we also have the long-term uptrend from the June lows uh, that comes across to the August lows, and that, that crosses uh, right at that 256 area, maybe just a bit above 256 here. So uh, if for some reason these outside markets continue lower, and I think a big part of this is going to be how the equity market performs, um, it's no secret this market has been going up for a long time. Uh, it's been about a year rally in, in the feeder cattle. And um, that long, maybe a little bit long in the tooth if this outside market pressure uh, begins to accelerate. So uh, between live cattle, feeder cattle, hogs, the fund manager is long all three of, of our livestock markets. And uh, I would just be very cautious if this, uh, if this market violates what I consider to be very good support. So on the other side of, of 256, things could get pretty messy pretty fast. Um, we just made new contract highs last week. Uh, the December live cattle, um, when you look at that, there was an objective that we broke out of a, a bull flag. Uh, that objective was right at about 192. Uh, we had a 192 high and then a 192.05 high. Uh, so that objective is considered met. Um, so now at this point, when we're talking on the live cattle side of things, uh, there was a, a series of lows that was made before that last push higher. Uh, that was just around the 187 area. So I think that's going to be a, a rather critical spot. 
but again, kind of the short-term uptrend from our lows that were made earlier in September, we broke through that today. We closed below the 10-day moving average. Uh, the 10-day moving average has, is very in a trending market, so you could see every time cattle starts a new uptrend, they buy it against the 10-day. Uh, we did that in, in the period between June and July. Uh, we did it again on this latest run-up between the early September lows to the recent contract highs. Um, and so uh, if we start to see selling against the 10-day in any of these markets that have been trending higher, whether it's the energies, whether it's the, the, the live cattle, the feeder cattle, uh, which, by the way, the highs in feeder cattle yesterday and today were right against the 10-day, um, that would also be a potential sign of, of uh, fund liquidation in those markets. All right. Lots of great conversations today, Brian. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you guys? Uh, check us out online, www.agmarket.net. You can get a two-week uh, trial, free trial of our research to see how we think and what we're doing. Uh, you can give us a, a shout out on the phone at 844-4-AG-MARKET, so 844-424-6758. And if you want to reach me directly, it's 815-665-0463. All right, that is today's channel final bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's the channel final bell brought to you by Channel Seeds and all their local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.